This is Jared Hawkins. I'm the student minister at Temple Baptist Church in Gainesville, Texas, and you're listening to the Live On Mission podcast. We are live and in person. This is a weird deal for the iGo podcast, but like usually this is all Zoom because of the virus, mm. but I'm actually in an office with these two gentlemen. Mm. It's the first and only time I'll, I'll use that. But these are two real live youth ministers. I mean, they're in the they're they're in the streets with students. Like they are on the front lines doing ministry with students. This is the one and only Nick Ganey from the Nick Ganey Band. We'll talk about that in a minute. And Jared Hawkins, who Jared, you're. We're at First Baptist Rockwall, which is where you've been a youth minister. You're from Rockwall, Texas, like JFND. And, but you're. Graduated 03. 03, yeah, same for me. So, um, you're, you're moving though, you're in transition. Where are you headed uh, in your next youth ministry stop? I am headed to Temple Baptist Church in Gainesville, Texas. So, Gainesville, Texas. Now, mm-hmm. our audience, they're pretty good with Texas stuff but they don't always know exactly where things are. So if you could help them by telling us how far Gainesville is from Panhandle, Texas, I think that would help them really kind of It's an important question. <laughs> well, on a map, it's about this far. Oh, okay, this far. He's, Does that work on a podcast? Yeah, I think he uses an inch and a half <laughs> as the crow flies. Yeah, um, no, it's about two hours from here. It's about 10 minutes from Oklahoma, um, and it's about 40 minutes from any other good city. And I don't say that. They tell me that when I was coming. Mm, yeah. So uh, all that I'm sure uh, helps somebody, but it doesn't help our audience <laughs> at all. You like Panhandle's right next to Amarillo. Okay. Mm-hmm. So several hours probably. Sure. Yeah. We'll go with that. In a it's car? at least six from El Paso. <clears throat> probably twelve. Oh, maybe wow. eighteen. I don't really yeah. know. <laughs> I have no idea where El Paso is, and my wife was born and raised there. So. <laughs> I did hear something that was concerning, though. That sounds dangerously close to Oklahoma. It is dangerously close to Oklahoma. I could actually Feel live in Oklahoma and have less of a commute to my church than I do now here in Rockwell. <laughs> Don't do that. I w- well, you know, I mean, it's just it's cheaper, so why not? I'm sure it's cheaper. That that dirt is way cheaper. They were, <laughs> they were giving it away at one point. Like, just, if you just got there first, you can have the dirt. So, yeah, well, you know. but stay on this side. When you need something, go south. <laughs> and I think you'll be fine. Other than that, that outlet mall's probably a great place. On so, point. Nick, you are, you're like a youth minister. I am. People, a lot of people don't know that mm-hmm. because they know about the Nick Ganey band. I mm-hmm. want to ask you how you became a band and when you became a band later. But <laughs> like, where are you youth minister and how long you've been doing that? Man, I am at uh, Cross Point Community Church in Rockwall and I've uh, been doing that for about, ooh, about five years now, almost five years. Give or take. Give or take a year, maybe. I mean, yeah. 2020 doesn't really count, I guess. But Right. It either counts as zero or five. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, five or ten. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, do I do dual roles at our church, uh, worship pastor as well as uh, youth pastor. And so... Oh, very non-traditional. Oh, yeah, man. I like like, like 19, the 1990s combo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Youth yeah. and worship. <laughs> And uh, Jared, how long have you been in youth ministry? So I have done, I've been here for eight years, um, but I've been the youth pastor or youth minister for four. Okay. Um, so you got out of the army in 14 and then been working here ever since. 
You got out of the Army mm-hmm. in 2014. Yes, sir. You went to the Army right after high school. You did ROTC. What did you do there? I took a couple of years, um, and <laughs> I took the long rate way through college, you know, four yeah. years of community college to get, you know, a year and a half worth of credit. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I joined. I was about, I was 21, 22 when I joined. So hung out here, did some different jobs, volunteered at this church, actually, um, as, a, as a college intern, sort of. So Nice. Yeah. Well, yesterday was Veterans Day, so yes. thank you for your service. You're absolutely welcome. That's uh, that's yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. My my uh, my son Dub wants to be in the military. We're still trying to figure out that path. Yeah, he may take a similar one to you. Hey, so. it's it's a long and distinguished path. Yeah, <coughs> but it works. It you works. get a cool box like that. With <clears throat> yeah, medals and stuff. I like the box of medals. That's yeah. really cool. So. We'll get a picture with you later for that. So. Um, we, we got you guys on the podcast because we want to talk about camp. We want to talk about camping, mm. um, not the camping that we're, that you would normally think that like basically is what, what brings families together. Because I believe one of the things that brings families together is common suffering. And that's why we go camping. <laughs> we go, I live out in the woods, sleep on the ground, freeze, eat bad. And it brings us together. But we're not talking about that kind of camping. We're talking about youth camp because you two guys are kind of the main leaders of this camp called Dwell. And I want us to get into that because I want people to know about the IGO partnership with Dwell. And I want people to know what Dwell is and how they could get involved if they were looking for a camp. But before that, I just want to talk about like your camp stories. Because you guys, (laughs) when you talk about youth camp... (laughs) stuff just comes out right like there's so many different things that have happened at camp and i'm not sure that any of these stories are really safe for a family-friendly podcast like live on mission but we'll try it anyway Uh, which one of you wants to start well do your best camp story or your favorite camp story or funniest or whatever like just jump in there and let's go i'll defer I'll go second. Okay. So you, you go, go yeah, second, so, second yeah, half. Okay. Second yeah, get this out early because in case you have to edit it out. So you know, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So the greatest camp story I have it involves uh, injury to a student. Oh. One. So yeah. <laughs> um, I was, you know, I was in my cabin, and this is not dwell camp, so you don't have to worry. Yeah. Right. This is before you got involved <laughs> before, in dwell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I get a I get a knock on my <clears throat> my window. Like Jared, you need to come here. Uh, this student who will not be named uh, got got hurt, and I was like, "Oh man!" Like I've gone six, seven years, hadn't had anybody hurt. This is awful. So I go there, and I and I see, and they got a kid sitting on the ground with a blanket over him, right? <laughs> and another guy like kind of on his shoulder, like encouraging him because you know he's hurt, Goodness. and uh, he was sliding across the ground. For reasons unknown, people do weird things. See, middle camp. school boy. Middle school boy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, that and makes he a lot had more sense. he had he had slid across a fish hook. Oh. And the fish hook Gracious. got stuck. Gracious. Ow. Well, if you know anything about fishing and fish hooks, you got to push the fish hook through, cut the barb off, pull it back out. Well, it didn't quite make it all the way through, and it was just kind of stuck and and an area that is just uncomfortable and oh, being no. stuck in. And oh, no. so I got to push that hook through after, you know, lots of effort. Uh, I actually bent the hook trying to push it through. I tell you, this kid's the strongest man I've ever met in my entire Ooh. life because he was boy. like, 
let's do this. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so we got the hook. We pushed it through. We cut it off, pulled it out, did some field surgery right there in the the boys' cabin. And uh, were you a medic in the military? I, I learned enough. I learned enough. Man. So I was, I was, I mean, let me tell you, this was what I mean. It took. I was like, do you want to go to the hospital, call your dad? And he's like, no, let's do this. And I'm like, all right, man, are you sure? Like explaining what we had to do. And uh, yeah. Wow. So did a little surgery at camp. (laughs) You know, our audience is pretty, pretty wide, like as far as the different people's backgrounds. Mm. Not really sure. I can't tell you for sure if if Dr. Richard Ross listens to this or not. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, He's kind of a big deal. You have a pretty... Pretty big audience there. And he loves youth ministry. He does. I'm just thinking maybe they need to work some of this into the seminary classes. Like Maybe. They they don't always prepare you well for everything you're going to encounter in youth ministry. And that seems like it ought to be on the list. Like, how do you push a hook through a kid's... Yeah. Well, if he wants me to write a chapter uh, for him, I've got his book over yeah. here. I'll just have yeah, an yeah, appendix. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll reach out. <laughs> no After he listens, of course. He'll right. probably reach out to us. But Wow. I, I'm just like, there's so many things about that story we don't have time to ask about. But it's like sliding. <laughs> why? Why is there a fish hook? Like, I okay. asked that question. Yeah. So the fish hook apparently showed up. They had that same cabin three years prior and had spilt a tackle box oh, no. in that cabin. So we're pretty convinced it was actually his own fish hook from three years prior. So. <laughs> That's what a charm or something. <laughs> like you should have picked that up. Yeah. Leave it better than you found it. That's right. He didn't, and it came back to bite him. That's Literally. Ooh. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, top Man, that story. I, I don't know if I can top that. My, I've got a ton of stories. Um, okay, we know you've done a lot well, of no, camps, no, no. all right? Nick Ganey Band uh, on on the Instagram if you want to book a great we, worship we band. We haven't posted on Instagram in over a year, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah don't yeah. Just don't judge tag us by them that. and everything. They'll never see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, man, this probably one of my favorite stories was like 10 or 12 years ago at Latham Springs, and we, we played uh, like the welcome session that afternoon then went to the cafeteria eight and so the rest of the band got up and left and i was uh going to put my tray up and this kid stopped me middle school boy dude's probably in his mid-20s by now his name's jerry and jerry like comes up to me he goes hey is the rest of the band in here i want them to sign my notebook or whatever and i was like bible that's what it really means (laughs) and i was like i was like nah they they already left i said but i said tell you what Come, come find me and say, hey, remember me? My name's Jerry. I want to I wanna get the band to sign this. Well, he thought that I was saying that my name was Jerry. And, and his face just looked so like surprised and excited. He was like, no way. There are two Jerrys at this camp? <laughs> and I didn't have the heart to break it to him right then. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, man, yeah, it's crazy, huh? <laughs> And so then we, so then we leave. We go back. We do. We have the worship worship service that night. Um, and I mean, all the while, there's like bumper videos, just different things introducing us as the Nick Ganey Band. Uh-huh. And uh, and so then, like two days later, he comes in. He actually came in and took, like tried to snap a picture with the band when we were rehearsing before the service. And uh, and he was like, "Hey, everybody, raise your hand if your name's Jerry." <laughs> and he and he wanted to raise. Well, my guitar player and my bass player at the time were both named John. And so that blew his mind, too. He was like, no way, there's two Jerry's? 
and two Johns at the same. There's like chances. There's 800 kids at this camp. There's got to be more Johns than that. (laughs) But, anyways, somewhere along the 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 camp, like some during the span of time, he somehow realizes that my name is not Jerry, and it infuriates him. And he comes into the cafeteria. I'm sitting with the rest of the band, was eating with some other kids, and he throws down his tray in front of me leans over the table and points his finger right in my face and says, your name's not Jerry, it's Nick. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, oh, guilty. And he's like, what is it, Nick Jerry or Jerry Nick? <laughs> so, yeah, Jerry, if you're out there, man, it, it, it was a good experience. So, hope you're doing well. <laughs> J- Jerry's still looking for you on Instagram. Dude. But he can't find you because yeah. he doesn't know your name. The, the Nick, Jerry Nick. The Nick Jerry yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird that the Nick Ganey band's lead singer would be named Jerry. I don't know why I couldn't put that together. Yeah. But like Jared, tell me that this is where I got bogged down in the story. Maybe you did the same way, but like you were telling me the band was eating in the cafeteria at camp with the kids? We yeah, we were, man. It was a long time ago. It was a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially at Lakeland Springs. Well, yeah, I love yeah. that camp, but like really, like there's a I, yeah. Right down the road is the Kalachi. Capital yeah, Sl- Slovacheks, yeah. and then yeah, yeah the, the other one across the street. Yeah, the original one across the, the original street. The original one, yeah. And Slovacheks is... is like a Czechoslovakian Bucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, yeah. It's not nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we could probably do some more. We could do maybe a whole episode of just camp stories. We've we've talked about that before. Um, <coughs> super summer camp stories, all the different things. But I, I do want us to talk about dwell, but. I, before we do that, like I picked on Jared about moving to Gainesville and how close that is to Oklahoma. Now you're not from this area though, Nick. You're from Kermit. It's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Home of the mighty frogs. No. No. Yellow, yellow jackets. I've actually frogs. been a yellow jacket three different times. So high school, college, Howard Payne, and then now Rockwall. Yellow well, jackets I mean, as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. maybe. But all different colors. Maybe That's now. What's, right. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, Rockwell got the colors right for yellow jackets, obviously, <laughs> orange and white, so no yeah. doubt about that. Uh, you grew up in Kermit, or you grew up in the, the town that I love next to Kermit called No Trees? No Trees. <laughs> no, I grew up in Kermit. No Trees only has like one family that lives there, legitimate. And, and no trees. No, There are no trees. It's it's a real town. Look it up on the map. Couldn't every town in that part of Texas be called No Trees? You, it could. Mostly? It'd be yeah. very accurate. Wow. And how far is that from Panhandle? Man, it's probably eight hours. Eight hours. So in, in a car. Like one listener in Panhandle. Is that why we're Kai Martin's from Panhandle? So oh, he makes us. Okay. He, right. he doesn't understand where anything is unless you <laughs> set it away from Panhandle. Like he really doesn't. So yeah, Kermit's probably six to eight hours south. Of Panhandle. Okay. Yeah, that's a long way. A long, flat, very boring drive. Scenic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very scenic drive yeah. from Panhandle to Very dusty. Kermit. Yeah, with some groove pavement when you get on pavement when you get on twenty. Yep. Okay, so we're talking about this camp <clears throat> specifically. This camp called Dwell, which uh, Dwell and Igo Global are entering into a partnership. That's basically what you need to know about that. We can talk about why that's a cool thing later, but. Nick, you started Dwell, uh, probably in some ways because it was part of your job description at your church, mm-hmm. uh, or at least something we asked you to do. But like, can you tell us this this Dwell Camp story, like how it got started, where it was then, where it is now, like kind of 
Fill us in on the, the history of Dwell. Yeah, so a little over, it was probably right at four years ago from now, it's fall of 2017, um, we were trying to determine where we were going to take our students for camp, and uh, it kind of started as a joke of like, we should just start our own camp. And it's like, nah, that's, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, but then, I mean, as, as we kind of started to sit on it, pray, wrestle with some things, uh, began to see like, man, that might not be a bad idea. And so, um, yeah, so then we just started, the conversation shifted to if we did start our own camp, what would it look like? Like, what are the things that we would do? What would we be about? Um, and, uh, and then we started just, cast vision with other guys and so um the first thing was just to go to other other people that I knew that were student pastors as well and uh that didn't really have a solidified camp that they were a part of and uh was like hey man this is what we're thinking about doing what do you think about joining um and and part of that too was asking those guys to come have a seat at the table and to give uh input and direction and I was very clear I didn't want this to be my baby. It was it was something that we were we were all putting together uh for the good of our church and the good of our students and uh and one of those things where there's strength in numbers of we can do we can do camp really well if there's more like-minded guys that come alongside than if it was just our group and our church. And so so that was kind of the the initial um birth of it and it has I mean it had some very humble beginnings. Our first year was at uh this little bitty uh, camp. Uh, really, I mean, we started we started scouring all of Texas to see where we could, you know, house. I, I think the first year we had about 180 um, students and adults. And uh, really the only place that was available that late in the year was this little campground, East Texas, uh, outside of Marshall. And so, uh, yeah, so our first year was, was there in uh, 2018. And then, um, yeah, we just we just started to uh, cast a vision with other guys and ask them to consider jumping in and, and bringing their students. And um, and so through that, um, more and more churches got involved. And uh, we we did our first year in Glorietta in 2019. 2020 was a wash uh, for obvious reasons um, because of the virus. Yeah, because of the virus. Uh, and then uh, this past summer, 2021, we were in Glorietta again, and uh, we had, uh, I think, 13 churches um, that were there. And uh, yeah, and now this, what it's turned into now is we're, uh, we're opening it up to uh, other weeks. And so we're starting, we call it our Texas Week, um, which I guess confuses people because it is churches from Texas. But it's not Glorietta. I guess that's what we could call it, the not Glorietta week. So, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we got the Glorietta week and the not Glorietta week. <laughs> <laughs> Glorietta week and yeah. the other week. We, we keep we keep things real simple, real simple. Um, so yeah, so um, a, a lot of a lot of the churches we shared the vision with were like, man, we we love that. We'd love to be a part of that, but we can't as as a as a church and just the situation we're in. We can't afford to to bus our students. Uh, you know. One of these churches is like 12, 12 hours away um, to Glorietta. So they're like, if you do something in Texas, we'd love to join in and be a part of it. And so, yeah, so that's where we're just kind of widening the circle. And uh, So this will be the first year with two. 20, yep. 2022, we'll have two weeks. Mm-hmm. 
the Gloriata Week and the Not Gloriata Week. Where's the Texas Week? The Texas Week is uh, Lake Levon. Camp Lake Levon. Camp Lake Levon. The the newly improved. Yeah. Yeah. Completely redone. Yeah, man. Place. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible what they've yeah, done it's a, it's a, to the campground there. Changed it. If if you're an Igoz and you're listening to this, it's not that Lake Levon. <laughs> it is not. That it was my memories so of it. Better. Yes. It yeah. was the perfect third world country experience back then for our training. <laughs> it was. Which that first year of Dwell, like, didn't y'all lose water for a whole day or something? Dude, there's so many like. like Remember the time yeah. stories that happened that first week. Yeah, the water got shut off for eight hours. Um, the the state inspector showed up, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I mean it was it was a. Uh, and you had high school kids there. We right? did because like middle school kids shut the water off for a whole week of camp. It wouldn't even matter. Right? Yeah, they just so go like, jump okay. in the in yeah. the lake. Maybe yeah. fall into it, catch a fish <laughs> hook. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, things that are great always have these weird beginning stories and it's hmm. really turned into something significant I've, I've gotten to watch it you know haven't haven't actually been at dwell yet but i've gotten to watch it um hmm. and it's really it's been awesome to see the growth um hmm. and see other guys get involved and speaking of that here's jared over here who's at a church and they have established routine camp covid kind of interrupted that obviously but like what was it jared that made you decide this last year, that's where I want to go. I want to. I want to change up our plan. I want to get involved and dwell. Uh, what 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 led you to that point? Yeah, COVID definitely changed things up. Um, we uh, We were a part of a group. Went to Colorado. You know, we wanted the mountains. We wanted all the things, and we were at a camp that was. It was just us and another church, and with the the logistics of going that far away, and then the environment where we weren't really with a, a like-minded church, um, just trying to navigate those things and trying to figure that out in a COVID world. And it just provided the perfect opportunity for us to make a change. And yeah. so when uh, I actually met Andrew at uh, a Simeon Trust and he was wearing a Nick Ganey band t-shirt. Mm. And my only question was just how long has Nick Ganey been banned? <laughs> oh, that is a good question. Yeah, We got to get to that. In yeah. A bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he was wearing that. And I was like, hey, I know Nick. And he goes, and so we got to talking and we were the only two youth ministers there. And we just talked for a while and he was like, hey, well, why don't you go to camp with us? And I was like, well, I could never do anything different than what we're doing because mm-hmm. it's kind of a kind of a sacred cow. And uh, the more that I thought about it and the more I got just... I, we had lunch, me and Nick had lunch and mm-hmm. he told me that vision and, and of what they were doing and why they were doing it. And I was like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. That's what I want to do. And, uh, and just brought it up with our church and said, you know, with the, with the change and being that much closer, cause Glorietta is still a drive, but it's, you know, almost a little, little more than halfway to where we were at in Colorado. I was like, let's, let's try this out. And we did. And it was exactly as advertised. It was exactly how we could, um, I mean, just in that season where we could make that change. And it was, mm-hmm. it was a great experience. I didn't have a single student, not one student, go, why didn't we go back to uh, Colorado? Hmm. They all loved it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's hard. That is, it's difficult because we were on the side of a mountain in Colorado. Right? Yes. Yeah. And yeah, they, they absolutely loved Glorietta. So. And it was like, I mean, y'all had been going to Silver Cliff for 20 years? Over at 20 least. years. Yeah. Long time. Mm-hmm. I, did I went camp. there and... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I went there as a student in yeah. 2003, 4, 5, and 6. And so. Wow. I, I think that scares 
guys, when they think about changing, they've been going to camp, their students are not going to like it. Mm-hmm. And you, you had the kind of the opposite, what you would expect reaction. Yeah. Your kids loved it. Yep. And I think a lot of that had to do with, too, the change in programming, the things that we do, we're super intentional about. They enjoyed that aspect of it. They enjoyed um, the being with other churches. They really enjoyed that. We had a a lot of people in here in Rockwall that we were yeah. gathering. Basically, we draw a line from here to Panhandle, Texas. Mm. And uh, hey, they were there. Panhandle, <laughs> Panhandle First was Baptist there. Panhandle yeah. was there. So you draw a line from here up up there, basically, and you're you're catching all these churches, and it's like people knew other people, and they were they were excited. And so there's just everything in in so many different ways. Maybe COVID created it, but it was it was definitely God putting together something that. Where they got to be with friends, they got to meet new people, they got to be a part of something big, and then also it be intentional in what we've been trying here to lead students towards and and making sure we're spending that time in scripture and all those things as well that I'm sure we'll we'll talk about. But they they loved every part of it. That's great. Well, we're glad that you're uh, you're on the team. Your your role on the like the leadership now, which everybody. Everybody at Dwell has a voice in that. We'll talk about that a little bit. But, mm-hmm. like, your role is you're leading the Texas week, the not Glorietta week. The not Glorietta, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I actually, I had to I had to uh, text Nick, and I'm like, so what exactly am I doing here? He goes, well, you're, you're a director. And I'm like, can we put that on a business card? Because yes. I need that. So <clears throat> director. I am directing Jared. the yeah. Texas week. And it is not the not Glorietta week. <laughs> it is the... Dwell Texas. It is Dwell, Dwell Texas. Texas. Because our logo is cooler because we use a Texas flag and not that's a New true. Mexican flag. That's true. So that's we true. win. That's always going to be cooler. Yeah. That's. We've got stickers. Yeah. Stickers, <laughs> shirts. We got it all. Yeah. So we were we were recently all together at this thing called Youth Ministry Conclave, mm-hmm. which is also known as the Festival Booths. <laughs> and we had our our triple wide booth there with uh, Lone Star Threads, which is Nick's T-shirt business because he doesn't have enough to do. And we were there with Igo, and then we were there with Dwell. And so you guys are really used to this now of like telling people. I, I don't know how many camps were at Conclave, but there were a bunch. There and were. so one of the questions that I think people have is what what makes Dwell different? What makes it distinct? Because different can sometimes be bad, but distinct is usually good. What? Why? Why would somebody be like? Should they think maybe I could do this? Maybe I should move my church or join in this dwell thing? What makes it so unique? Brought you to it. Sell it to uh, sell it to our audience. Jared, you want to start? Yeah. Um, there are two things that that were most important to me. Um, the 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 easier thing to sell if you will, is the logistics of it, right? Hmm. Um, you get a seat at the table. Like, I called Nick. We talked about it. He's like, hey, why don't you come? We'll talk the details, but then we're going to have a meeting and we're going to get together. And I was like, didn't really know what to expect with that, didn't know what was going to happen. And we sat down, just like you said, at a table with all the other youth ministers that were going, that were interested in coming to the meeting. We had a guy that had that was maybe going to bring five kids, and we had another guy that was going to bring about 100, 120. Yeah. And we all sat down, we hammered out a schedule, we hammered out the details, we hammered out the the problems that we saw and and coming back to camp from COVID, like and just getting to to speak into that conversation and come to a conclusion together as uh as we wanted to make sure that it was right for us, it was right for Dwell and uh being able to do that was worth so much. 
Um, and then logistically as well, it was, it was me working with Nick, you know, when we work with other organizations or bigger organizations where you get, you know, that contract, that's like, you want to come to camp here at $60,000. That's a scary thing to deal with on a, on a student minister budget. And you don't want to have to go to your business administrator or your, your church and say, Hey, mm-hmm. we goofed and we owe $60,000 somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're, a, when you've got somebody that's there to help take care of those details, it allows you to focus on your students. And so that was, that was a benefit for me. Um, and then the other part was being with like-minded guys who agree on a vision of camp, um, yeah. what camp should be, what camp should look like and <clears throat> being intentional with, um, centering on God's word, um, centering on worshiping God, uh, and not just all of the other camp things, which we do and have a good mm-hmm. time with, but making sure kids also get to students, not kids, but students get to, to leave with something tangible and hopefully taking that next step, uh, in their walk with Jesus, was was well, the, the two big things that sold me. Yeah, that's great, Nick. Yeah, I mean, we we really uh, one of the big draws I think for a lot of guys is is to have a seat at the table to be able to uh, to speak into what's best for your students. You know, it 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 uh, when we think because we approach it from I mean every element of camp is on the table when we sit down. We we we, we evaluate the previous year. And we say what worked, what didn't work, what can we do better, um, and then you know there are certain key factors and and elements that we that we've kept each year because they seem to be going really well um, and are impactful. And um, one of the things too, I mean, it started. I mean, as as a joke as well when we started planning camp was a lot of these guys have been a part of different camps. We've, I've seen a ton of different camps, and I've seen what I like and what I align with and what I don't like um, or what I'm not you know, a huge fan of. And so in the same way, like as a worship leader, when I sit down with a list of songs and I only have you know, 10 songs to choose from, I'm going to put the 10 best songs in that set list that I know, you know for that day. And so in the same way when we're looking at camp, we're not going to fill the schedule with stuff that's just okay you know like we're going to make sure every element is intentional um, and so some stuff we pull from you know that we've seen at uh, camps like super summer uh, other there's a camp I went to when I was uh, uh, intern in college called Sunday's camp yeah and so there's a couple different elements from Sunday's camp that we pull from they did they do a thing called a concert of prayer uh, it's an element that we uh, spend about two hours in prayer and worship um, together we took that from Sunday's camp, and so really, it's it's kind of like the greatest hits of of camp, uh, in my opinion. Um, of where we, I mean, we're not really uh, putting anything together that's new. It's just taking things from other people that we've seen them do well, and uh, the students engage and relate to well, and and then organizing it within within our our schedule and our camp. So, yeah. I like that blend that you guys have found. I don't see it a lot. I see a lot of camps where if you want to go to that camp, you're just bringing your kids and the programming is what the programming is. And you're and, and there's a lot of good camps out there that are doing that. You guys are basically saying, hey, come, you can have a voice in this if you're bringing your kids, if your church is involved. You, you get a voice in the planning, an equal voice with everybody basically. Mm-hmm. But like you said it, Jared, when you get there, for the most part, you're really just ministering to your kids. You're not running the camp, you know. You're not 
I know, I know Silvercliff was a great experience for you guys, but you're running that camp mm-hmm. for the most part. And so that's the blend I think that people like. Like I, I get to have a say-so on what's happening here. And, and like-minded guys are going to flock to this. I just think that's going to continue to happen. Um, but, man, when I'm there, I'm a youth minister. Mm-hmm. I'm not a camp, you know, like because you guys are probably going to go to Glorietta with your students and then you're going to lead that one, so you get to kind of play those different roles. So it's not that big responsibility. That's that's just a, a cool thing, and I love how you guys have been really strategic about the programming and and even even like you used to be really strategic about who you got to like be on the stage. This year is kind of questionable, <laughs> but like you you guys have picked guys it. that are going to be like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Put put God's word on the center of the stage and, mm-hmm. and make sure it's focused on that because that's what the kids are are getting that's been a a cool thing to see you you guys have the dates memorized for this next year like you know when they are the the glorietta glorietta is june 20th uh through the 24th it should be a monday through friday yep and then i think texas is july it is july 19th through the 23rd it's a tuesday through saturday yeah yeah so June twentieth through twenty fourth <coughs> in beautiful Glorietta, and June, July nineteenth through twenty third in the Republic of Texas. Yes, mm-hmm. established yeah. dominance. Yes, <laughs> with the flag. With and then also the it's it's and Lake Levon. I'm telling you, it's it was it's beautiful. Yes. They got we got the lake. They've got a a see through. Like I mean, it's 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 gonna blow people away. Oh, it's a different place. I did a camp there a couple of years ago, and they were in the process of improving mm-hmm. it. But the little water recreation area with the slide called the baptizer, you, you need to go just to experience that. Like, every kid goes down it. You can count them as a yeah. baptism, really, See, right? this is where we're going to go back to like-minded, and we're going to have to find it. No, yeah. Man, look at all the baptisms. Yeah, that's a, that's a, hard, that's a hard no on that. Stirring those waters. <laughs> but it is called the baptizer, and it is a pretty cool slide, so... At least we got that. So, yes, sir. dwell is an option for guys looking for maybe something new with camp. It's a growing thing. Where I mean, who knows what God's going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll be in Oklahoma, Kansas. Maybe we'll have multiple weeks. Maybe we'll just be two. We, that's not really important because we really are focused on how do we make dwell great and how do we make it exactly what kids need. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to zoom out with you guys. Mm-hmm. And talk about camp. Uh, you know, in 2020, camp was taken away from almost everybody. I, I know some people tried to do it and ended up in the newspaper. So <laughs> most most of it was taken away. And, then, and it's like there's this opportunity that COVID gave us to go, okay, what's essential in youth ministry and what's not? And, and obviously in churches and everything. Mm-hmm. And this year, camps came back, and it was, man, it was so amazing. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about that because there's been, you know, different generations see these youth events different ways. There's, there's the up and downs of it. You know, sometimes camp has been a very emotional experience. It doesn't last, things like that. It's that spiritual high that everybody comes down and they can't remember. I mean, we've seen the, the good, bad, and ugly of camp. Mm-hmm. But as, as two youth ministers who are, are now part of leading a camp, like wh- what is it about camp, youth camp, that you think makes it essential, if, if you would use that term, and in the context of youth ministry? Like, why is this so important that we do camp and do it really, really well? 
Yeah, I let me go back and so, so like the even with the the name dwell. So we we name dwell after a verse out of Colossians three sixteen. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and um and so I was today years old when I found that today out. Today years old. Yeah. Really? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, um, I found out at Conclave. So. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> v- vision, right? We'll get that um, on the website. <laughs> so uh, the idea, I mean, just just that that the word is central. That that prayer and worship and the word are the focal points of camp. And so, what we've seen, I mean, as adults, we were teenagers once as well. Um, but we've seen, especially with teenagers now, that they're they're taken captive by so many different things within culture, uh, and their their everyday rhythms um, pull them away from uh, these things. Were the word prayer worship. Uh, and so as youth pastors, as, as pastors, we're trying to shepherd them and point them back towards those things that, uh, that help them persevere, that help them uh, remain faithful in, in life. And, uh, and so uh, like we see events like this, if, if they're done well, if they're, if they're purposed well and they're intentional, uh, they're almost like little shockwaves of, um, of, of getting these students to remember um, the need for gospel community, the need for discipleship. Um, our students were going through uh, through Hebrews uh, on Wednesday nights, and uh, a couple days ago uh, we covered uh, chapter ten. In chapter ten, we I feel like we quoted that verse a ton. Uh, this verse a ton in twenty twenty of not forsaking to meet with one another and the importance of of stirring up one another to love and good works, and and that that happens when we're around each other when we. Uh, when we pull away from the things of the world and we focus and remind ourselves of the hope that we have uh, in what what Christ has done, and so, man, it, it was just like dwell. Uh, there, there's a deep desire for students to uh, to to get that at camp. You know that it's not it's not a it's not the pinnacle event that we're that we're working towards the whole the whole year. We don't base you know our ministries on our churches just on events where we're working up to this, but we 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 place them strategically in order to 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 shock these students back into seeing like you you need gospel community, you need discipleship, and um, and so that's to me that that's the that's the the beauty of these events if they're if they're done well, if they're purposed well, um, they they do have they do have a place. Yeah, I would I would echo a lot of that. Um, COVID taught us like I mean it it made people isolated. It made people withdraw. Social media does that, especially for students. Like we're they're the most connected generation, but the most isolated generation at the same time. Um, and even in some churches, student ministries can be isolated from the the local church. Um, something about camp. As one, I mean, it's not the local church, right? It's not mm-hmm. church. It's not supposed to be. The local church is, is, you know, is the bride of Christ and has specific roles in Scripture. But there is something to be said for a, a large gathering of the saints getting together and worshiping God. Mm-hmm. And it is something that it does have an emotional element to it, but it's not something you... you um, you try and take advantage of in any way, mm-hmm. but you use that moment for students to gather together, to sing praise, to study the word together, and it's away from everything else. 
and it it, it makes them kind of go, oh, this is a thing. Like this is a real reality of what we're supposed to look like and what even our churches are supposed to look like. And so you get all of these students in one place together. And if there's one thing that's true about students, they want to be where other students are. And so when you cram three, 400 of them in a room and you're intentional with in God's word, singing songs that are theologically rich and, and doing things that have purpose for discipleship, they're, they're, they're catching their own vision of what it's supposed to look like to be the church. And, uh, and it's just a great thing to witness. Um, and so getting people together in a room centered on Christ, on the word of God is it, it, it is what changes lives, not how well everything else goes. It's, it's, it's that. And so if COVID taught us one thing, it was that we need that we need to gather together in our local churches, but then the benefit of seeing churches come together and do something together working on the same team and being a part of something together kind of changes your vision when you go back and you realize you know what i'm not trying to do this on my own i'm not trying to win my entire school by myself there's a bunch of people like people from our churches going to school together going to camp the same camp from different churches that's Mm -hmm. a beautiful beautiful thing Mm -hmm. yeah i think for for me one of the wins is when we come back from camp and you know our students are sharing with our church like what the lord did at camp and and they're not you know they have fun like they love the blob they love stuff like that they love rec games tournaments whatever but that's not what they're talking about, they're, they're talking about, man, like the, the Bible study teaching in the morning uh, really opened my eyes to the book of Colossians, like what, what you know, what the Lord uh, spoke through Paul in that. Like it, it, it's, those, those are the wins, and that's, that's what, you know, everything that goes into the planning of it, the, the you know, the, the details is to have students take away from that. You know, we have fun, but that's not the focal point. Um, these other things are, you know, greater wins. Yeah, camp is a great experience, but we've all seen that go the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And what what I've seen it dwell, and it's not the only camp like this, obviously. Yeah. But like substance is over the experience. We want to create a great experience, but we mm-hmm. want substance to be the driving point of that, and that's that's been a huge thing. You're gonna say something else, Jerry? Yeah. One of so just kind of listening to what we're doing is like we are we are intentional centering on god's word that is by and large like that's everything we're doing but my probably my favorite memory from this past camp was we do um these breakout sessions right one of the breakout sessions that i ran was just a q a it was just an opportunity for people to come ask whatever question they wanted to ask which most youth most youth ministers would kind of be super scared of right yeah we don't care. It's fine. <laughs> right? And so, but the coolest thing about this camp, right? Because what inevitably happens with camp is you're going to bring people whose grandparents drop them off and say, I need my kid to do something besides something bad, right? right. <laughs> I'm going to send them to church camp where you guys can fix them and send them home, which is not what we do. But <laughs> I had in that Q&A session, every session I had a kid to say, well, I'm an atheist, but I want to know why do you believe what you believe? Wow. And so we got to sit there and share the gospel yeah. with students self-proclaimed as atheists and answer tough questions mm-hmm. about what shows up in scripture and things like that. And and why is there evil in the world and all these things. And so me yeah. and Logan were leading that deal. And he's like, I mean, we had every session, uh, a kid who didn't know mm-hmm. Jesus. And it was just an opportunity. They clearly heard from our speaker, 
from our Bible study leader, from their breakout sessions, from their own church. Like they're going to come into contact with the gospel somewhere that we can for sure. Um, And so that was just, that was probably my favorite memory of the, of the whole thing. Yeah. So Nick and I have had this conversation before. I'll bring you into it a little bit. Like I've been speaking at camps for a few years. I mean, one or two. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. So uh, I tell people all the time, the only reason I'm still doing it is because I finally figured out I may understand teenagers now that I've survived or I'm in the process of surviving them in my home. Um, when I was speaking at camps early on, I, I almost had a like a sideways glance at camp. Like, oh, this is such an emotional experience. These kids are not going to follow through with this. Everybody's going to rededicate their life again, you know, and I got down on it. And then you guys are such babies, you know, y'all's, y'all's kids are so young and I've got teenagers and one's getting married. So I'm speaking as the elder statesman now, but like once I saw my kids become teenagers Hmm. and I saw how much they struggle and all those things you're talking about, the isolation of the social media culture, but then the the craziness of going to public school and being surrounded by darkness. And and the struggle is that they, they forget who they are in Christ. They mm-hmm. like they forget it all the time. And I started seeing camp or disciple now or retreat through a whole different lens. Because it's yes, kids are gonna maybe be uh and an extreme example of all of us, how we go up and down in our spiritual journey and their highs are higher and their lows are lower. But these events like camp and retreats, whatever strategically placed are these times where they remember who they are. Mm-hmm. They come back up that time that you're talking about worship and, and God's where they remember. And I think it helps make the lows not as low. If you put those events strategic and you do a good job of making mm-hmm. the focus, the focus and I just saw so much value. Like th- this is essential. This is necessary for my kids to not drift too far. They need something else coming. They need it. It doesn't have to be the end all be all of our youth ministry, but man, they're so yeah. strategic. And so I'd like for you guys to talk about not just how important they are, but what is the role that camp plays in discipleship of a student? You know, like it's, that's the goal. Make disciples mm-hmm. of students. Mm-hmm. Specifically, way way we say it, and I go all the time. It's the same way you would say it. We want students to graduate from our youth ministries that that own their faith, that uh, live out their faith, and then they can share their faith. And mm. so, how does camp play a role in that process for a student? Yeah, the biggest thing for me that that I see is the what's essential for camp. Like, why do we have to do this? Yeah. They are so busy and so distracted that, I mean, it's just, when we do discipleship here, like I'll take kids out, we'll go out to dinner, we'll read books, we'll do different things together so that we'll, on Wednesday nights, we'll do training and evangelism, we'll do all these things. And I am, I'm hoping that they're here every week, but realistically, like it's once every three weeks. I think Barna even had an average of, they said a practicing Christian comes to church once a month. Hmm. And it's, so it's like, that's a struggle. And teenagers, their schedules are packed far more than mine even is at this point. I don't know about yours, Nick, but you got five businesses. and <laughs> um, But getting them out of that environment and seeing them 
take a day or two to go through withdrawal of not having cell reception, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but mm-hmm. getting to move away from, oh, I don't need this phone. I, I can put this in my pocket. I don't have 15 places to be. You're, you're there yeah. and you're there all week. Yeah. And then taking a, away those distractions and then, yeah, you're amping up. You're doing church three times a day for five days. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's kind of like a shot in the arm. Like you said, it brings that, that realization of like, oh, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what the the gathering of the saints looks like. This yeah. is what church is supposed to look like. This is what worship is supposed to look like. They catch those things, and it does what God promises that it'll do. When we focus on Him, when we when we apply His Word, His Word through the Holy Spirit changes lives. Yep. And it's kind of like a, a shock almost, like a, a jolt, mm-hmm. where you can turn away from everything that's distracting and pulling at your attention— to, to show you, hey, this is what your focus should be on. And then kind of go like, okay, now go and do that at home. So, yeah. Yeah, we've seen with our students, uh, I mean, that, so the difference in our youth group from 2019 to 2021 was drastic. Uh, we, we, I mean, we, we had a ton of new families come in after COVID. Um, and so the dynamics of our youth group changed. I mean, you could almost say completely, um, for in a, in a good way, and so for our group this past summer, it was solidifying of um, of our our kids getting to build deeper relationships with one another, get to build community, um, seeing seeing that you know that Hebrews ten of how they can stir each other up to love and good works. Um, in in that gospel community, um, and then one of the other elements too, when when we when we started dwell, um, uh, there's a youth pastor named I'll give him a shout out Grant Bird. Uh, the way that they their church does camp, I was really uh, kind of shocked and impressed at the amount of adult volunteers that he took to camp, and uh, I remember sitting across uh, from one of his adults. It was a couple uh, in their maybe mid fifties. And, uh, I asked him, you know, so how, how, like, are your, are your students in the youth ministry? Like what, what age are they? And they're like, nah, our, our students graduate, like our kids graduated four years ago and we keep coming back every year hmm. because we bought into the vision of coming and pouring into these students at camp and then leading a discipleship group throughout the year. And so he had, I mean, he had almost one adult for every two kids at that camp. Wow. There's a ton of adults. Um, at Camp Wow. At Camp Wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, and so, you know, that that was impactful to me of like, whoa, this is... And seeing the students relate to that, it, and it and it changed. For them, that's that's the culture of their student ministry is, is adult volunteers pouring into students um, at camp and then throughout the year. And so, um, so that's something that... A lot of our, you know, we had adults go with us to camp that develop relationships with students, and they were like, "Hey, I want to lead a discipleship group." And so, um, so that that deepened those those connections uh, for discipleship as well. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a huge thing. Like, I don't know any youth minister that doesn't want more adults involved, <laughs> more parents involved, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's a scary thing for those adults. But you go away to camp. And we sing Kumbaya, and everybody's happy, and friends are friends forever. And we come home, and we can yeah. start discipleship groups, and it's a part of that process. You really yeah. see that. 
Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that it's just so essential for these for these students to have a steady like fire hydrant voice of this is who you are in Christ and this is how much God loves you and remember that because mm -hmm. they're going to walk back into that darkness so so quickly that, that's huge so we started this new thing this that most people don't even know about that I go global and dwell are now an official partnership mm -hmm. um, which we won't get into the details of how that works <laughs> but like Nick, that was a conversation you and I had in your living room yeah. uh, with your uh, alarms on your phone going off. <laughs> you were supposed to be doing something else. But, like, what what about that made sense to you? What about that started, like, this could be a good partnership on the spiritual level? Because yeah. the logistical level, nobody cares about. But on the spiritual level, what, what makes this a, a big part of what you're trying to do with Dwell? Yeah, I think for me... There were already, it seemed like a no-brainer because there were already elements of Dwell that were connected with what I go is about, what I go does. And so at Dwell, I mean, since the beginning, our first summer, we had a desire to give students, part of that discipleship and shockwave of, of seeing their identity of who they need to be in Christ, uh, who they are in Christ, and how they need to live, is living on mission. And so being active on mission where they are, where they live, but also going to the nations, uh, going uh, within, even within America and different places and engaging people with, with the gospel. And and so there have been uh, many different times. I mean, each, each night at Dwell, we have uh, some sort of a focus towards uh, a missional element and opportunity for them uh, to, to engage in that and to go. And so uh, we we started, I guess we call it Dwell Global, um, which is just a uh, an opportunity for them to sign up and go. Um, the first year that we did it was uh, to London and uh, took some students uh, that were a part of Dwell to London um, to uh, so went through some training, went through base camp, um, went through some of the missional training. I go uh, is uh, is really good at and uh, and then went overseas and had a chance to, to, to put it to work, um, put it to practice. And, uh, and then, um, this, this next summer, um, 2020 through, through the rhythm of all that off. Um, but this next summer we'll be taking a group of students to New York city, uh, to engage, um, different, uh, refugees, uh, and internationals that are in, uh, Queens, uh, New York. And, uh, and so, yeah, so, I mean, it, it to me, it's it's a uh, it's kind of a a complete. If if you look at the identity of of a faithful follower of Jesus and and what they what their lives should be oriented to be about and to uh, to to focus on and to do, it's it's to be to to know the Word, to be in the Word, to pray, uh, to to worship, to be in community, but to also be on mission. And so. Um, so for us, that connection, you know, uh, rounded it out really well. If that makes sense. Yeah, I hope, hope, hope that students will really get that. And like what Jerry, you were talking about, these kids went to camp and they found all these churches from here to Panhandle. They have kids and we like them. And so there's this, hopefully, this mindset that grows in that of you can go to camp with them. 
you can go on mission with these same new friends from these mm-hmm. other like-minded churches. These youth ministers will see that as well. You could do Launchbox if you wanted to a, a spring break mission trip. Like hopefully, I can see there'd be a lot of advantages to that for these kids, right? Like yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, just catching this idea of we're on the same team, like, mm-hmm. and we want to work together to live on mission, because if you take just these students, you know we. That, that are here at our church and you want to try and see, you know, the gospel reach their school of 800 people. Isn't it a lot easier if you're working alongside with the church next door and mm-hmm. the church. And then when you link together at camp and we've got 500 people and they catch that idea of, Oh, we're all going back to our mm-hmm. schools. We could change. I mean, we could bring the gospel to the state, you know, the yeah. great glorious Republic of Texas. Amen. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just that idea of then you take that and you add, I go global and then it's like, oh, well we can see people in New York doing it. We see people in London doing it. We see, you get that idea. It's almost like, you know, the, the, every tribe, every tongue, every nation Mm -hmm. working together to accomplish the mission. Mm -hmm. And so just catching that, I mean, vision of, of a small week at camp where you're like, it's more than just me. It yeah. breaks down that isolation. It breaks down that stuff that I think, I mean, Satan just wants to use. He wants to use it. Get you by yourself where you can't really accomplish much. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, yeah. fighting against that's a, a win. And there's there's very pivotal moments and memories uh, for those of us who have been at camps before. So, like, I, I share this story a lot and uh, just the impact that Igo has had on uh, my family. Um, so, like, my wife uh, grew up going to Super Summer uh, I think when she was a junior in high school, she heard uh, an opportunity to go to Japan through IGO. And uh, so she signed up, you know, felt compelled to sign up, sign up uh, to go on this trip. Goes on a one-week trip to, uh, to Tokyo and uh, just totally changed the trajectory um, of what she valued, what she wanted to be a part of, uh, what she felt like the Lord was leading her to, to give her life to. And, uh, and so, like, I look out at, you know, a group of students and wonder, you know, who in this group here is, you know, the Lord doing the same, same thing. And so, so to me, that's, that's kind of the, the heart and prayer through these opportunities is, you know, it's, it's a gateway in order to showing them like what the Lord's at work doing and how they can jump in and be a part of that. So, yeah. Yeah. And from the Igo perspective from on our side, it, it made so much sense because we don't, We've never just been about mission trips. We're about discipleship. We partner with churches to help students own their faith, live out their faith, and share their faith. And so for us to be involved in a camp just made sense. Like, that's, like let's get at that moment where these students are really listening, and let's make sure they understand that it's not just the circle. It is the nations. And so, man, we're excited about the partnership. Hmm. Uh, I know we're still, like, we're still putting together a website and and ways to connect with us but how can somebody get in contact with you guys and if they were interested in dwell i think we ought to give that information out well obviously post it if you want to just give out andrew's gmail address we can do that <laughs> but like whatever you guys what's an easy way for people to connect with dwell right now if they're listening yeah so i mean my personal email address is jared j-a-r-r-i-d i-d yep dot w dot hawkins at icloud.com um, or social media, Jared Hawkins yeah. uh, is, is out there as well. 
Yeah, you can definitely reach out to Jared on social media. Don't do that with Nick. Don't, <laughs> See, don't, don't do that. And, and students give me a hard time because I make <laughs> Facebook references because I don't do yeah. like Instagram. I'm at that age where Instagram doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, but I have to have it because I'm in student ministry. Yeah. So Facebook All is what I mean TikTok by social videos. media. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Facebook Messenger for Jared. Yeah. Nick? For me, I got a couple emails. Uh, my, I mean, my church one's Nick at cccrockwall.org. Or Nick at LoneStarThreads.com. So. Or Nick at OtherBusiness.com. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. If you, yeah if you, whatever. Name the business and Nick's got it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are familiar somewhat with iGo Global. And so you can always reach out to us on all of our mm-hmm. uh, social channels because we can connect you to the Dwell leadership um, very easily, very quickly. So. We will, we will have a website at some point soon. The Lord yeah, willing. The Lord knows when that time. We are going to have a website. <laughs> it may be a page on the iGo it seems, site. I'm not sure exactly yeah. how we're going to do this, but we're going to figure it out. And we'll have social media. We like we're going to we may even have a TikTok and just yeah. have Nick and Jared make uh, TikTok dance videos for uh, for yeah. a while. My mom so. might like it. It'd be about the extent of our audience on that. Yeah, one. well, the same as the podcast. So that's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, guys, thanks for joining me in person on the Live on Mission podcast, formerly known as IGOs and Airwaves, but trying to help people find it a little easier. Uh, love what you guys are doing. Love this dwell thing. Um, Want to have you both on uh, the podcast in the future. Just talk about youth ministry stuff because you are getting it done in the trenches. So love that. Somewhere in this last part of this conversation, I probably brought in some really good music. And we're enjoying that right now as we sign off. But Jared, thanks for being on. Nick, yeah. thanks for being yeah. on. Thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>